Hello, welcome to Stinger Badness. This is a podcast about bad movies. I'm going to end all my sentences like that, just because it sounds fun and cool, I think. That's how tough guys talk, right? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Horus Rex. That is how that works. I didn't make that connection. I wasn't going for the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday voice. I was just saying, hi, I'm Justin. I think I was doing strong bad actually. Or one one you know, once a year when that guy that same guy sells used cars on the radio. Yeah, right. Come down now. These deals are crazy. They won't last, even though they will, because that's not how car dealerships work. We might even <laughs> give you a car. A car and a pizza. We might pay you for the car and the pizza. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, here we are. Uh, this is likely going to be the last movie, not movies episode. Hooray. Hooray. We bought a house and we move in next week, except for I won't be there for that because I'll be in Boise hanging out with Sam. <laughs> sort of. We'll be seeing Kansas and... Parts of Utah I haven't driven through in quite some time. Yeah, uh, well, on Thursday when we record the these episodes, I won't be recording. I'll be hanging out with people and not worrying about this podcast, for a little bit at least. And then Sam and I are talking about doing some sort of live stream, because we are going to drive my aged bmw z3 all the way from boise to uh st louis which is the route we're taking is going to be 26 hours we're going to try to do it in basically two days uh so we might do some live streaming along the way and see how that goes on the on the stinker madness facebook page i'm gonna take the samson go or uh, samson samson Mm -hmm. the samson go mic and it plugs directly into you can um, I have a cable that will plug the mic into a just a phone, and then you get basically the same quality I'm doing now mm-hmm. in the field. Well, we've got so, a couple problems. Uh, again, I said it's a BMW Z3. I don't fit in it with the top down. Well, <laughs> I wasn't talking about like we're driving right now. It's loud. Justin counted 36 cows before he lost count. <laughs> I think we should do some shit like that. <laughs> we might try that. Um, yep. But I feel like it's going to be when we get to the hotel, we can like do blow by blows. Yeah. Well, I think I think we should sprinkle in some madness because you never know what's going to happen on the highway, right? Gas station stops. Yeah. There's that. Those two happen. But I'm talking about while you're on the road. Crazy things can happen. Absolutely. UFOs and... Oh, no, maybe it'll be more like uh, Cannonball Run. Like, we'll see a hitchhiker and she'll get her boobs out and we'll be like, and then she'll be an assassin? I can't remember what And we'll drive right by because it's a (laughs) two-seater. Goodbye! (laughs) Yeah, that lady's flashing her tits. Weird. (laughs) You see that giant ball of yarn back there? That was more interesting to me at this stage in my life. Uh, Yeah, so that should be interesting. Uh, And then we'll probably take the next week off uh, so we can get things established because, you know, all of our podcasting equipment is still in storage and we got to get that moved in and decide which room we're going to record and such as that. But uh, I would expect us, all three of us, to be back in the studio in two weeks doing normal shit. Movies not moving. Right. Oh, God, I can't wait to be not moving. This Uh, has been a really rough uh, TV show patch for me because, and this week is going to be like, thank God you got a house because it's happening now mm -hmm. to me. Okay. What I watched on television since the last time we recorded was either the NBA playoffs or Major Mm -hmm. League Baseball, and that is it. It's pretty sporty right now. The uh, Stanley Cup is going on, too. The, the NHL playoffs. I haven't had a dog in that fight in a while. Uh, I live in St. Louis, and they are currently playing, but apparently they're not playing well, or they may have already lost. I don't know, because I just don't pay attention. Like I like hockey, but I'm not at the position in my life where I can pay attention to hockey. 
I might get there because I like hockey more than I like baseball. Uh, so we'll see. But the stadium uh, is on the other side of St. Louis. So you got to drive a little ways, whereas the baseball stadium is basically just right across the river. So uh, I'll probably attend more baseball games. In fact, I'm going to a baseball game the day after you get here. Fantastic. It's a you- treat. I enjoy Major League Professional Baseball in person. I well, haven't you're been... Not- you're not going because you have to get on a plane to go back to Idaho. I know. I'm saying <laughs> you, you'll enjoy it. It'll be a okay. treat. Yeah, yeah. The Dodgers game was fantastic. And another great moment in radio history, I caught this baseball that I'm holding up that you can't see, mm-hmm, but but mm-hmm. Justin can. Yep. Barehanded it. Ferris Bueller. Some guy outdid me last game. He saved a child's life? It was a... Uh, Really long foul into left and into the cheap seats. Mm-hmm. And this guy actually did a dive over one row and gloved it and then turned and land on his side on the armrests and was okay. And then held the ball up like, and he got it. like the whole crowd is one of the bigger cheers in that inning was this guy gloving uh, foul ball after he dove over a row of uh, bleachers is great or seats then, anyway. Yeah, and sadly, while he was holding the ball up in the air, he got too excited and fell back over the railing and fell to his death. Was, to his know. death. Uh, the the <laughs> a catch, ball though. girl was able to gather up the ball, <laughs> threw it back into the crowd. Somebody else died. It was it was a massacre. Yep, yep. Hell of a catch. All right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of the playoffs as well. Uh, I was thinking about talking about that a little bit because my predictions have still held uh, the Celtics and the Mavs are still in it. Uh, you were Did big bad. on the seven sex, 76ers and they're out. That was, 76ers. The Suns are out too. The Suns are out. Yeah, you said Suns too. I yeah. uh, picked against you and Sean's horses mm-hmm. and I was obliterated by those decisions. Although I am losing confidence rapidly in anybody being able to beat the Heat and uh, the uh, Warriors, I, other than the Heat. Buckets was nonsense yeah, last Jimmy game. Buckets is legit. And uh, damnedest thing, what happened? Like, cause with the Warriors, you're like, Clay Thompson, he's diminished because of the injury, but he still gets the numbers up there, and he's been mm-hmm. going to the rim a lot more, so maybe mm-hmm. he's not diminished. And... Uh, you got a bunch of guys that you really haven't heard of that aren't big names. That's the damnedest thing about basketball. If you actually run an offense, you can really beat the shit out of the teams that aren't running an offense, which is right. like virtually other every other yeah. basketball team. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely concur. Uh, that's why I got so behind the Celtics. I was like, Jesus, these guys. Play like, even, when, basketball. even when things go badly, like if there's a, a transition... And like every ball's bouncing all over the place, it still seems like they're like, okay, the ball is uh, uh, fifteen feet above our heads at an a, a degree of sixty-seven. Uh, that's when uh, Jason Tatum, you go over to the elbow, and uh, you other guys, because there's other guys on that team. Uh, Al Horford, Horford uh, you're down low. Like, like they run. They have scenarios, and that's why I was so behind them. Yeah. And then it all fell apart to Jimmy Buckets, because that guy is just tough as nails. Well, because of the sophisticated offense, which I think at this point, and we're going to put everybody to sleep here right now, mm-hmm. um, Kerr seems to be running a very, a very complicated variation of emotion offense that combines a lot of elements out of a triangle offense. Boy, is that thing... They run a lot of different plays. Yeah, they do. Uh, Brad Stevens runs defense so sophisticatedly that his offense is basically transition. Mm -hmm. Once they make it past transition, they don't really have a lot of plays. Spolstra, Jimmy Buckets is awesome, but this is a Pat Riley guy and a video coordinator. Spoles runs an offense and a defense. They're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. The Heat are legit, like real legit and scary legit. Um, yeah, so I'm sticking with it. Don't, don't, uh, discount Luca, uh, Luca ball. I like Luca ball. Uh, he just needs to have a little fun and things get uh, exciting. So if 
the fucking Warriors make circus threes when they're not running their offense, though? What do you do? Luka what do can you make do? Circus threes. He made good with the rest of them. A bunch. Yeah. I watched that game. He made yeah. threes he shouldn't have shot, and they lost by thirty or something. Yeah. 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 No, the Warriors are good. Um, what you drinking, Sam? We didn't uh, ever get to that. Uh, weirdly, I'm having a Bud Light seltzer. Hard soda? Wait, huh. no. Isn't it just Bud Light hard soda? Also, isn't it just hard soda by Anheuser-Busch? Why does it have Bud Light on it? It tastes like Shasta Cola. Sh- show me the can. That's not in the frame of the Skype call. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen one of those. Okay. All right. It tastes like Shasta, but Sh- it's 5%. Shasta tastes good. Okay. Shasta tastes good. I'm having a Koenig Pilsner, which seems redundant to me. Uh, I've never had one of these. It's pretty good, but come on, guys. Do better on the name. Koenig Pilsner? I, like That's like saying German beer. <laughs> beer, beer. Beer by Germans. Yeah, no, duh. <laughs> it was like when we were growing up uh, in Boise, Idaho, for many years, there was a restaurant called the El Gringo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The The White Guy. Yep. It closed down. It didn't make it. I ate there once, and it wasn't any good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you didn't get it, because you were the gringo, the El Gringo. No, across town, the Acapulco was, was where it's at. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about a movie. Uh, Sam, I meant to uh, warn you on this one, but I, I know you didn't get the HBO and you're too busy watching the baseballs anyways. Oddly uh, en- enough, but- um, we were supposed to have watched this a couple weeks ago and mm-hmm. didn't have time because it was okay. like mom gets a free pay-per-view every mm-hmm. month because they have to do shit like that to keep people doing the dish business. Okay. And we didn't have time. Well, it's uh, currently streaming on HBO. It's called The Matrix Resurrections. Yes, I didn't go to the theater to watch this. I wanted to. Uh, I was stoked about it. And then the reviews came out. And I was like, well, maybe I'm not so stoked about it. I'll wait till. I'll wait. I'm busy. I'm moving. You know, I I got time for this shit. Um, So it's currently streaming on HBO. Uh, Sitting at a 63 Metacritic score. Um, what's the users got here? Not good. Uh, like a six, six something. I don't know. Their web, IMDb's website got stupid. Their phone works so much better. Oh, 5.7 on IMDb users. That's really low. That's very low. Yeah. For a big box office, like even shit movies at least get like six. If you throw a couple explosions in them, like each explosion is like worth three stars, right? Yeah. And also like there's usually a, uh, busload of fans that cook the books on imdb right that's true that's true i think the reverse might have happened here a little bit uh, a little reverse cooking uh my friend said it was stupid and so i hate it because it's not actually the matrix uh because none of them are there's okay um let me let me let me me back up here but you digress i do i totally i'm gonna digress a lot here which is i guess kind of thematic to the film I'm talking about or the franchise because they digress. Uh, I liked it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I actually had a really good time with it. Uh, is it the Matrix is like on par with the first one? Of course not, you stupid assholes. <laughs> uh, is it as dumb as John Wick 2 and 3 and like as far departure on quality as those are? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, but uh, so like Matrix 2 and 3, we just did a big thing about the Matrix like right before I left. Right. Because uh, I, I reviewed all three of them to prepare for this movie and went on a diatribe and like, eh, it's uh, it's not as bad as people remember. Yeah. The Jesus thing is a little like what? And they totally ignore the Jesus thing in this. But uh, uh, I didn't hate them. Like even 2 and 3, I didn't hate them. I don't two think they're good. has... What was, at the point, one of the longest action sequences that was a combination of basically three different set pieces. 
Yeah, you said the exact same thing on that review. Uh, and you t- that's the only thing you ever talk about, Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> oh, the freeway chase. You can oh, actually free- turn the movie off after that. And actually, I think it's like at minute 23, turn it on. And at like minute, you know, 70 something, turn it off. Like, yeah, whatever it is. I, I don't think I hate any of them as much as you do. I don't think they're good. But here's the thing is that. I don't think it was possible to follow him up, just like John Wick. It's n- impossible to follow it up. The idea is explored, and it's done, and you can never recapture that magic, ever. Don't care who's writing it. It's gone. I think you could. Okay. I think you could if you did like what they did, which I don't know, I haven't seen, but it sounds like it worked out. If you do like what HBO did with The Watchmen. If you decide to make a series that either happens before or well after, and you don't involve any of the actual characters from the known piece, you can make a continuation to this universe. You can make Matrix adjacent. Absolutely. With totally different characters. Completely agree. That one video game was so good. Well, the video uh, games are canon. Uh, even though the... Uh, the Yeah, but it's still it's still... Matrix adjacent because Neo's not in it, right? Um, uh, the the front end with uh, Niobe on the Matrix anime thingy dingy, uh, that was really good. Um, the whole Animatrix was good. There's things to explore within the Matrix universe. Absolutely, I completely agree with you. But when you put it in the theater, guess who's got to be in it? There's nobody. It, Keanu's not in it. I'm not going. Lawrence Fishburne. Larry Fishburne can be not in it, and people, I don't, actually, I guess they didn't go to it, did they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, they might have point. if Larry would have been there. Proves my point. You, If you're going to put it on the big screen, people want to see the same people. Did they bring I mean, back they Joey see... Pants? No, Joey Pants died, man. He's dead. <laughs> I heard early on that they were going to bring back Joey Pants, and I was like, they're going to bring back Pants and not Fishburne? I'm out. See? See, there we go, Sam. We just wrote the script. Joey Pants and Johnny Legs in a buddy cop within the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> That's my movie. <laughs> Him just eating steak sandwiches constantly on Stakeout. <laughs> I know it's not real, but I don't care. Okay, so kind of what I enjoyed about it is all those things I just said. The movie says as well, and I think that that probably pissed a lot of people off, but... It was in a in a very tongue in cheek manner. Uh, uh, if you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, that it's basically like, look, what the fuck are we supposed to do? You guys have been wanting this forever. You you loved it. Uh, we made two more after the first one. You hated those. Um, what do you want from us? What do you seriously? What do you want from us? That's the entire premise of the Matrix Resurrections. It's very Anchorman two. Yeah, like pointing at itself and saying. What do you want here? Because you're not going to get it. You got it already. We're not going to do the same thing ever again. We're going to explore ideas, not just regurgitate the same stuff. Um, and I thought I laughed my ass off at it, actually. I was like, oh, Lana's saying some shit right here, and I like it. <laughs> I think that was her, like, the last day that you work at the call center, and you, you know, you're in the last five minutes of that day. And you know that you're never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. And the person flips you some shit and you're like, listen up, motherfucker. I was just going to give you a free barbecue set, but now you're not going to get it because you're a fucking asshole. Yep. That's exactly what she did. Because <laughs> she's officially not working in that town again. Yeah. And, and yeah. with Sense8 failing as bad as it failed. Mm-hmm. And even with me, because I tried to watch it and I couldn't. This is a man who's seen Cloud Atlas four times, and I couldn't watch that shit. Well, uh, I don't know how you're going to take it. Um, And I honestly can't give a do or a don't on it, because my tastes are so weird about this particular film. Like, yeah, I liked it, because it was basically giving a finger at every fanboy, and I'm a huge Matrix fanboy. Uh, Yeah. But I can take a little criticisms like, like, hey, you know what? 
fuck off. And I'm like, yeah, I should probably fuck off a little bit. I'm being kind of fanboy right now. Uh, but I think a lot of people don't have that capability. They're like, fuck you. There's fish on in it. Yeah, because he, oh, God damn it. Oh, okay, how are we going to address it? I mean, like, it was really, it, I don't want to say meta because that's so beat. Um, but uh, the way that the movie is brought to us is like, I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. And they, the action was good. Um, obviously, the visual effects and the uh, CGI has greatly improved. Um, <laughs> so that wasn't a problem. Not a bit of it pissed me off. None of it was confusing. There was no Matrix Jesus bullshit. Uh, uh, it just was fun. Yeah. I and You look at it on the outside with, you know, the Wachowskis are pretty much done. Mm-hmm. They can make whatever the hell they want to make with their own cash, and they'll actually probably make money that way because mm-hmm. they can turn a profit if they don't spend too much. And they now have a bunch of people that really care to work with them who will go on points with special effects and things like that or music or anything like that. Um, on the outside looking in, it's like uh, the studio won't make it without Keanu, so he's in. Yeah. That's the only person that has to be in on this. Carrie Ann Moss really isn't doing anything, well, so she's in. No, that's then Lana's like, you could use some cash, couldn't you? And she's like, yeah, you're in. Yeah, yeah, you're in. You're in. You get some cash. Bud, come on in, bud. Water's fine. Um, I just think, like, I actually, I'll, I'll re- reverse this, Sam. As I recommend to you, yeah, do. But go in with the mindset of this is kind of, there's going to be some Anchorman 2-y finger pointing in this movie. That's, don't go in with, I want to see Matrix 1 again. I don't think that that could ever happen. Right. It's Matrix 1 is more about the process than it is about the story, even though the story is pretty mm-hmm. decent. Yeah, world building. and Or just how they made the goddamn thing. Well, that too. The filmmaking was superb. And no yeah. one had ever done like half the shit that they were doing. Yeah. Um, it was inventive. But this is these this description makes me want to watch it more. I was gonna watch it anyway. Yeah. Um. And then there was another uh, the Van Man friend of the program Portland Ben. He was like, "Yeah, it's entertaining, but it's basically just a pile of scenes." And I was like, "Ooh, I want to watch it more now." <laughs> oh, that's an interesting take. Uh, kind of. There is a there is a very strong thread running throughout the entire thing. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm pilot scenes. I can I can back that. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was fun. I do it. Do it. I like. Yay. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my Tucker impersonation. Um. Yeah, I liked it. Yep. <laughs> Give it to Mikey. He likes everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Watch it. <laughs> okay. Uh. Next. Uh. Since we were trying to watch TV shows, I actually have been watching a TV show, and last week. Did we we might have talked about this or we might have talked about it after the show? I can't remember, but I'll I've got some new thoughts if we did talk about it last week, but it's the man in the high castle, uh Amazon yeah. Prime's original. Um the one thing that I uh, that I forgot to even mention to you and is very relevant to fans of this show is the strongest actor in it is a very surprising performance by Kerry Hiroki Tagawa. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and guess what? He's not a bad guy. But <laughs> he's not a bad guy in Nemesis either. I love him in that movie. Nemesis. I can't, I can't remember him in Nemesis. But yeah, he's really like he's this very kind, compassionate, uh stoic uh, you know, obviously Japanese man. Uh and it's such a like dude, he's like he's really good in this role. Like why is he always the bad guy? And he's like, sorry, bro, I'm from Cali. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go surfing now. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I, we forgot to, I forgot to mention that to you, but yeah, he's, uh, and then I started season four and I don't know if he was like, uh, yeah, I'm busy, uh, or whatever, but he's not in season four, the the final season, they kill him off in the first episode and he didn't even show up to shoot his own death scene. They did the cheap death where huh. the hand flops down you know the bloody hand oh he's dead and then you find out later it was him and i'm like god ah, damn it did you not pay him you gotta pay there's that guy. always a chance that it's a canadian casualty 
what what's the Canadian? Is that like the tuxedo? No, that by law, if you hire an American and you're already at your American quota, oh, your cap. You, if you're already at your American cap on Canadian production, then one has to go out. Mm, I don't think it would have been him, uh, considering he's like the guy. He was a major character, and then they just offed him. Like that was the weakest part of the show so far, I think. Um, DJ Qualls is in it. You remember DJ Qualls? <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yes. What's up with him? I don't know. But yeah. Carrie's getting pretty old, so maybe it was just he just got tired of doing it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but one more season, Carrie. You're you were kind of instrumental to the plot, but uh, yeah, DJ Qualls is in it. Hadn't seen him for a long time. Uh, he's a weird looking dude, but fairly he's a pretty decent actor. Um, and uh, what you kind of mentioned was the Philip K. Dick thing. That you're not a big Philip K. Dick guy. I am. I feel like I should be about as much of a Philip K. Dick guy as there is because I've read the bulk of his work and people worship him. I'm like, this is scattered and he loses track of his best ideas. All uh, of you read the and bulk Man of in the work? High Castle was good because the two that are very good to read, if you read past the short story collection, which I don't recommend that most people read past the short story collection, okay, which okay. in the printed version that I have caps itself off with the Minority Report, which is a fantastic adventure through bureaucracy. Right. Nothing like the movie. It's right. wonderful. I really like that story. Um, the Out of the novels, like... It's not even funny how much Butter Blade Runner is telling virtually the same story than Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Man in the High Castle and uh, A Scanner Darkly mm-hmm. both embrace his amphetamine-driven paranoia, or he himself embraces his amphetamine-driven paranoia? In the Scanner Darkly, he's basically writing it as a rehab piece because it was one of the times he came out. And it's very, very personal because that's kind of what he felt was happening to him, right? Um, the movie doesn't do... Actually, the movie does a really good job portraying what happens in that book. Linklater actually put it on screen. I just don't think it's something that sh- should ever be put on screen. Uh, you know who's in that movie? Fun fact: Alex Jones. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, I'm telling everybody <laughs> that because, and I also go, wow. "Hey, remember when Alex Jones was this liberal superstar because he was <laughs> just fanning flames, and those were the the conspiracy theories at that point were all George Bush conspiracy theories, right? Mm, right. So well, it turns out they weren't conspiracy theories because he confessed to it this week. Anyways, go ahead. George Bush confessed to being able to hit a really oh, good you drive. Didn't- Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. (laughs) He always confesses to that one. Uh, Okay. uh, But uh, The Man in the High Castle is the same sort of thing, only it Mm -hmm. was a better story. It wasn't sort of a personal, like, uh, Scanner Darkly is almost autobiographical. And he just changed the dates and the names enough to make it not his autobiography of rehab. Um, with the man in the high castle, he was writing a story that really embraced his own sense of paranoia and it works beyond that. I, but, but I just, it's also like at a length that I'm sure that they expanded upon the ideas that he sort of got lost a big yeah, thing I mean, with Philip K. Dick's work is he opens a lot of doors and then goes, ooh, there's another door over here. And he never explores any of his own ideas. And that thing is not long enough to have been a four-season show if they were yeah. very, very... Uh, the- what's the right way to put that? If they, if they handle Dickian? them... No, if they handle... If it's a very honest and... Uh, straightforward interpretation of the source material yeah, there wasn't enough source material there if it's, if it's dickian uh it's definitely not dickian then um 
So, I, before I get into what I think of the show, I, I have to preface that, A, I haven't finished it. I was in a serious hurry trying to get it done before this episode, but I'm about halfway through the final season. I don't know where it's going. Um, uh, I, I mean, like, that's one thing is, like, not like, I don't know where this is going at all. Um, I understand this through plot line, and I should say that the, the dicky inside of it really doesn't kick in until about season two. Most of it's world building. Um or not season two, season three is when the Dicky and stuff really kicks in. The, the rest of it is just, what if Nazis ruled the world? Um, and uh, like, I, I think as far as like getting distracted and opening doors and exploring ideas, I do think the, the, the show does a really good job of exploring what if Nazis ruled the world? What if yeah. the Reich had worked out? Um, and like the flaws with the Reich, like there's a really strong plot line, subplot line about, um, the, the big, the big Nazi, uh, he's not the F- mind Fuhrer, but, uh, he's John Smith. Uh, he's played by a guy named Rufus Sewell. Sewell, um, does a pretty good job. And, uh, his, you know, because of the eugenics thing. Um, Gables or Goebbels or whatever his name was. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, about like, you know, um, waste, wasteful eaters or useless eaters. That's what they were called. If, if you had, if you were not perfect, if you had a, a disability, you were, a, you couldn't do work for the, for the Reich. So you were a useless eater and guess what happened? Or the idea behind it was guess what would happen? You know, you're done. You turn yourself in or your family turns you in and you go on a train and you go bye-bye. Um, I thought that they, like that plot point within the show is really interesting. Well explored. Like what if a high, that happened to a high ranking officials child and like the idea of uh, a test that you have to take as, as a Nazi to say you're good enough to be a Nazi, like a medical test. Yeah. Like, are you strong enough to be a Nazi? Well, nope, you didn't make the cut. And so you're growing up waiting for that one day that you take a test to see if you're even healthy enough to be a Nazi. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude, the Reich was not only seriously evil, but really fucking dumb, like mm-hmm. stupid. Like, did you guys not see any problems with like that? This could be a problem down the road. No, no. If you're perfect, God, die. Fucking hubris is just so. Yeah. <laughs> and Rand stupid. fixed all of it by going, well, if you made it through this much of life and you're a prime mover, then you're not a consumer. So then you can form your own society and everybody else can just die on their own, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's some in- fun ideas explored within. And, and obviously, um, it's not just about Nazis. What if Nazis won the war? It's uh, if Bo- if Japan also won the war and the entire world split between Japan and and uh, 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 the fascists, and uh, also like some ideas explored. Well, would you, if this was the case, and you were forced to, would you rather live in the Reich or would you rather live under Japan- Japanese rule? Um, uh, some interesting ideas there. The plot is like you could write one of those. You could take the plot and not so disguise it as a clever social commentary show and have like put it on one of those like Nazi zombie movies. Like that's the type of plot. Like where did these Nazi zombies come from? Well, they came from this Philip I Dick, Philip K. Dick, uh, MacGuffin. Uh, and, and like everybody would think, Oh, it's a silly corny Nazi zombie show. And it would be the exact same plot of this. Um, it's just, this is got a lot more, if you want to think about these things, you're allowed to kind of, uh, it's not great. Um, there's some holes in it for sure. Uh, some, some like, what the, why would you do this? Uh, ideas like the Terry, uh, Terry Gagawa thing just pisses me off so bad. Like you got to keep that guy in the show. Um, but other than that, it's fine. I'm not really going to give it a do. Like, you probably already saw it. Like, everybody probably already watched it, right? Was it that point in time where streaming shows were, uh, like, new-ish? It's probably why Carrie laughed, actually. I knew a guy that was working on this show. And Guest of the uh, uh, friend of the show, Joe Fulgham, worked on the show. Yeah. 
They both there. So this show had two different crews and two different locations as well. So it was hard to mm-hmm. shoot because there was a Toronto unit and a Vancouver unit. Yeah. And I knew a guy that, besides Joe. So I know two people on this show uh, yeah. that the things got tense at the Toronto unit. He would disappear oh, for months at a time when the show was being shot and I remember when they were about to start shooting because it made four and that was it, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which there's not there even with the the ideas and the plot that it, the the thread that it continues. There's not more than four. There's not more than four, yeah. which will bring me to my next point. Uh, the reason why Robert Heinlein kept paying Philip K. Dick's rent, um, he was talking about how hard the show was to make. And versus any show he'd ever worked on mm-hmm. and how diminishing the returns were like the viewership was like Amazon was keeping it on just because they already wrote the checks. Yeah. And they'd were like, well, we only have airtime, but like yeah, we exactly. have need for content. So we're going to mm-hmm. keep this thing going, but nobody's watching it. Yeah. I think a lot of that was happening. This was right at the. Whoa, Prime is an option. Like it's it's it was 2019 that this show ended, and I remember like, oh, everybody's watching all the streaming shows, and people are watching The Man in the High Castle, and it's always being plugged and stuff. Uh, and then it kind of just disappeared, and nobody talked about it ever again. Yeah, Jeff was saying because they started watching about midway through season or in the release, so many months after season three comes out, all of a sudden like. People start watching, and uh, our friend Mike was like, "So, are you, if they renew it, are you going to go back on it?" And he was like, "One, it it can't be renewed, and two, mm-hmm. if they did, I would fucking quit." Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know, uh, Sam, you, your your queue's pretty full as far as TV shows. I'm going to tell you to go ahead and skip it. Uh, everybody else, if you're looking for something to like you've done all the things and the only thing else you got is more murder shows you can watch with your spouse uh throw on man in the high castle it's not bad it's not bad leading me to my next point about philip k dick not really leading me but i'm gonna make it anyway um why did robert heinlein consistently just show up and write him checks I honestly don't even know what you're talking about. Is this a joke, like, uh, to get to the other side? No. Because his dick was stuck in the chicken. Clark and Heinlein knew that Dick was just busting his brain out and not paying rent, buying amphetamines, intending to sell half of them, taking most of them. But he would stay up sometimes and write um, at somewhat unreasonable clips. Like, Mm -hmm. he'd chew up a bunch of reds, and then he'd crank out 180 pages before he fell asleep. Mm -hmm. Which is why his writing's so scattered. Mm -hmm. Uh, But having read a couple of Harry Turtle Dove novels, which are basically inspired directly by the man in the high castle. I think that's why Heinlein showed up to just keep writing those checks to pay his rent, make sure he was okay. Not really okay, but make sure he was like, cause Heinlein was never like, you need to go to rehab. I'm not going to write you any more checks. He would like, yeah, chew up a bunch of amphetamines this month and like crank out, a short story or a novella or spend the next like unreasonably short amount of time writing a 265 page to 301 page novel. Yeah, probably cool. I'll pay your rent again because your ideas are incomplete, but they are good. And he's inspired people like Harry turtle dove, who, mm-hmm. when you have these alternate history novels, which is what he basically specializes in, I've read a couple of them. They're 600 to 700 fucking pages long when you actually explore all those ideas. They'd probably make a fine four-season show. Hmm. And if you sure. were making a very direct adaptation of it. 
And I, I think that that's what Heinlein always saw in Philip K. Dick was that I got extra money and this guy is going to, he's not worth arguing with. He's my friend and his ideas are good. And he writes prolifically in terms of how long he actually spends writing. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pay his rent for like 15 years, I think. I think Heinlein paid his rent for like off and on. He probably didn't pay every rent check, but he would just show up <laughs> with his checkbook. And I'm pretty sure that Heinlein paid his rent for like a really long time. And there was, I've, I've read as much. Um, He saw, so he saw that in him is that perhaps, and he saw something else in him too. I'm not sure what it was, but that's what I can directly see is the people that were inspired by him that took it to the next level. And that's what maybe Heinlein saw. Well, maybe you might have a differing opinion of uh, Dick's work than, say, I do, because I haven't read everything. Um, I've read, obviously, Minority Report. Um, and uh, I read another short story called uh, Beyond Lies the Wub. Um, that one's which awesome. I, I thought was fantastic. Um, and in both of those, these doors are opened um and un uh, unclosed because in both of them at least dick wanted the the reader to ask their own questions and and build what's next especially Absolutely. with Beyond lies the wub um there there's not an answer uh it's just huh okay interesting uh so i think maybe that might have been i, I i'm not uh, again i'm not going to freaking uh, pretend that I, I studied Philip K. Dick in college, but maybe there's a chance that that was the point. Trancers is good. And that's, it's uh, trancers, that's what right? uh, that's what Heinlein wanted was asking more questions Absolutely. than getting answered. And this maybe I think you just helped me clarify my feelings and why I said you should absolutely read the short stories, because that's how I feel about Philip K. Dick. Under 50 pages, the man is fucking brilliant. Beyond 50 pages, shit gets dicey with that guy. <laughs> you could say the same thing about Stephen King a little bit, right? And we have on the show before. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I don't take anything away from the guy. And I don't take anything away from the idea of the man in the high castle, whether the book is good or not. Or, or it's not. good. Uh, it's, uh, again, opening those doors is a great, that's the great platform to do it, is that concept. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm. I would like to probably, I should probably spend some more time with fellow K. Dick and, and uh, read I mean, more. as I said, if you like that short stuff, Man in the High Castle is not long. He was incapable yeah. of long novels. You should probably. It's not Shogun? should probably <laughs> read that one. Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't think I would read. I have a weird relationship with a Scanner Darkly because I read it when I was low emotionally. And it was like, wow, that was a fucking perfect thing to read. I don't know if I would have liked it very much if I was feeling good about life. If you're oh, low, yeah, speaking of, it's speaking kind of, of a good uh, book to read. Mental Health, uh, uh, season four, they, they touch on, uh, oh, yeah, you're so perfect, Japanese. Well, what about all your troops that have PTSD? Oh, we, you know, we don't deal with that. Like, some good ideas are explored. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I'm going to wrap up with that. Uh, you got any other TV shows you want to talk about, Sam, before we move on to listener feedback? Uh, the Dodgers have been getting the bat on the ball. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Good stuff on the Dowgies. Uh, we got a new patron. I want to shout out and give a thank you for uh, the support. Dash 80. Uh, thank you so much for uh, supporting the show. I'm glad you uh, stuck with us through this transition. It's very kind to support the show. If you would like to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash sneaker madness. Help us pay, keep the equipment uh, running and uh, the website and the podcast hosting, which all costs a buttload of money. You can also just so. put a blank check in an envelope and send it to Sando Sam the Sandwich Man, General Delivery yeah. USA. Throw it up in the air and a bird will pick it right up. <laughs> we pay those birds. That's the other thing is we need money for, to pay the birds for but delivering money. I've been sweet talking the carrier pigeons. <laughs> 
It'll get there eventually. <laughs> uh, got a follow up from uh, Clausy from his uh, email last week when we did our top 10. He said, Hey, Justin and Sam, just finished listening to the top 10 episode. Working right, work riding me hard at the moment. Very left field on what I thought would be in the top 10s. Nice one, though. Very spread out. Musicals, soppies, and all. None of the either of your top 10 were in mine. Uh, sad smiley face or sad cryy face. No turbo kid. What? Fixed. Aha. 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 Uh, I had turbo kid at 13. I forgot about turbo kid, but it would have been in the twenties. I loved yeah, it. I loved yeah, it. Loved it. And why couldn't we put it in the top 10, Sam? Why don't we, uh, why don't we say why we can't fix that problem? You want to go first? Well, I mean, it wasn't like that good. It was awesome yeah. for what it was. Yeah, it's, it's a awesome great, for it's what a great it is. Aussie budget movie, and I think it was yeah. excellently performed. But it's not like it didn't change my life. No, it did not change my life. Uh, that's that's an important thing. I had things in my top ten that actually literally changed my life. Yeah, I didn't uh, make didn't, me that gave me a read about. The conflict in Northern Ireland for like four fucking weeks, maybe right. like four fucking years. Didn't make you adopt a kid. Didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Didn't make me unhate musicals for as long it was <laughs> as it was on. Right? No, it was a, okay. So here's the thing: when we put it in these terms, Turbo Kid is a great movie. Can't sing its praises enough. But I got probably about. Oh, week and a half of thinking about Turbo Kid and how great of a movie it was. And then I moved on to something else like taxes or what other bullshit adults have to deal with. Like, it's it's great. It's fun. I love it. I'd like to watch it right now. Uh, but yeah, not uh, not top 10. That's for us, at least. Yeah. So moving on uh, a few I've never seen before and a few that would never cross my radar. But will Defo be checking out 1917 and Shadow Dancing? The latter, I do remember it coming out, but just assumed it was another Hollywood travesty on The Troubles. Uh, he uses a capital T there, so it's uh, he's talking about The Troubles. Mm-hmm. But will Defo check it out now? Thanks for that. Tell Sam, not only did he have two Clive Owen films, but he also had Bruce Willie in Moonrise Kingdom, so you're, he says you're definitely a closet Bruno fan. Oh no! <laughs> Two Bruce Willis movies. Uh, talking about an a- animation Oscar, Spidey vs. Good Wall E better. Uh, yes, Wall E is still better in my opinion. However, Wall E came out in 2009. 2009, and I don't know if I think Wall E's better. Really? Okay. Because I watched it. With a 68-year-old and a 7-year-old that both came away with the same life-changing experience in Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. The, the, the ability for that movie to speak to the human condition of anyone of any age, I think, is extremely unique. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't have... I mean... So we adopted uh, Isaiah before or after uh, Spider-Verse came out because uh, we all saw it in the theater. I bought it. I still have not watched it with him because um, we got it on disc right before we moved. So I'm curious to see. He, I know he saw it um, before. Uh, he loves it. But, uh, yeah, I'll need to have to watch that with him again. Um, He goes on. But if you have never seen Song of the Sea, check it out. Not Irish Bias, as it's an Irish animation. I'm sure it was nominated for some sort of American Oscar. Same crowd made Book of Kells and Wolf Walkers. uh, Both also nominated for something Oscar-ish. I've listened to more Smabfuzz than watched Oscars. Uh, Get to the choppa, Clausy. I do not want to piss you off right now, Clausy, but... Same people that made Book of the Kells. Book of the Kells is a is a fun little movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. When I saw how much it cost, I was astounded because of the quality of animation that comes from other places that and perhaps they just don't have the facilities for it, but Japan's doing Better animation for three hundred thousand, not twenty million. Okay. So it's just the uh, 
pound for dollar is what you're getting. It's sort of like, I think one of the people, a lot of people have that incredible uh, me or whatever it is. The first one, people were really upset by how much that movie cost, I guess, versus like the animation quality against Pixar or anything. I'm like, yeah, but it was fine. I'm not like putting it in any top 10 list. I just thought <clears> that like, <throat> as somebody who puts his eyes on animation and really studies the craft of it. I thought that was a very thoughtful film. It was very good viewing. Mm -hmm. The animation was extraordinarily subpar for how much it cost. Okay. All right. I don't know anything about that. I do know that song of the sea was nominated for best animated feature film of the year. It did not win. Uh, I'll have to check that one out. Let's uh, uh, IMDb. You kind of suck. Uh, twenty fifteen. Can I click on twenty fifteen Oscars and it'll tell me who did win? It should just be like one click, but it's not. I got to scroll down. Uh, hold on here. Hold on. I got it. This is exciting. Uh, Selma, uh, Grand Budapest, Whiplash, uh, American Sniper. American Sniper. Oh, sound editing. Really? Uh, Interstellar was nominated, but go fuck yourself. That movie's sound was terrible hobbit the battle of five armies is the one i would have guessed for that uh best oh nope that's best short god damn it make this easy imdb best animated feature film of the year was big hero six huh okay i thought big hero six was okay it's okay that's okay what year not 2015 okay because 2016 i'll mention the film that when you put your eyes on animation and you actually found out how they did it because it was all stop motion, that I was just like, freaking out about telling everybody, making people watch was Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you did like Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, I also enjoyed it. I wouldn't have definitely not put it in my top 50. But, but knowing uh, that it's stop animation and not yeah, computer, no, you're like, impressive. that's fucking very incredible. Yeah, very impressive. Um. Moana, I think we talked about sure. that. That was on the outside looking in. Didn't quite make the cut. But, uh, yeah, uh, we, we didn't ignore the uh, animation at all. But, uh, yeah, Wally, I prefer to just about everything that's ever existed, but 2008. So, more than 10 years. Uh, Sam, you got any final thoughts? Dodgers are getting the bats on it. Mm-hmm. Getting bats on them balls. They're whacking them to balls. <laughs> Whacking balls. Whacking <laughs> out of balls. <laughs> uh, next week. Well, not next week, but when we return, we will stop at the start. Stop at the. We'll stop at the top of the order. Uh, speaking of baseball, we're going to start at the top of the order with me picking a movie currently streaming on Amazon Prime called Volcano Fire on the Mountain starring Dan Cortez. No shit. <laughs> Go into the garden, garden in the valley, valley of the jolly green giant. Remember when he was the pianist in Demolition uh, Man? He's fucking uh, awesome. Dan Cortez. Yeah, well, if it's still streaming on, on Prime at that point, that will be the movie. So uh, can't wait to uh, give you guys some real stuff. And uh, thank you for listening while we've been transitioning and get to the chopper.